You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's Fitz, and if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. I'm a veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, daily YouTube videos, and I'm a longtime podcaster. Also, I have metastatic stage four prostate cancer that came out of remission in January. During the 2020 pandemic, my doctors advised me to stay at home, and the Life of Fitz podcast was born. Four years later, I'm back in my cancer fight and continuing this podcast, calling the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who I have met throughout my 35 years in this industry. And now I'm adding in some new friends to my call list. And of course, I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. Trying to get Jerome Tang onto this podcast has required a little, some logistics, let's put it that way. The guy's really busy. He was just finishing up all of his camps, coming out of the season. This is kind of the little end of June window before the July recruiting period opens up and they start going to all these AAU tournaments. So Coach Tang was kind enough to squeeze me in here on a Tuesday afternoon as he finished up some work and headed out to take care of some other stuff. So it was fantastic. First of all, Jerome Tang has been an absolute blessing in my life. Being around that positivity and kindness on a day-to-day basis has been incredible. The negativity around you when you're going through any kind of serious matter isn't good. Um, And his positivity has been wonderful. So I appreciate Coach Tang making the time to talk to Tim. This is a hang with Tim. I guess we're going to do, we're going to talk about all of his firsts at Kansas State and how incredible it's been from on the court to off the court and the challenges ahead as he heads into year two as the head basketball coach at Kansas State University. They were the cusp at the final four. Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson were incredible players and now both are gone. I'm eagerly awaiting the second chapter of Jerome Tang as Kansas State's head coach, along with that fantastic coaching staff. And now let's call Jerome Tang in Manhattan, Kansas.
Tim. Coach, how are you? Oh, man, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Are you done with camps? Camp is done. We did eight days of camp. It was a huge success. Love the parent child camp. So, yeah. Pretty awesome. That kind of blew up like everything else in your first year, didn't it? It, it became a huge deal. I saw a, uh, one of my buddies sent me a photo of the line for the sign-in, and it's like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be there all day just to sign in. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it, was, it, was, it was crazy, um, this, you know, to get in the front door. But we did a we'll, – we'll do a better job next year of having, like, you know, um, A through – am on once you know and and just kind of do a little bit of spacing people out but yeah no it was it was awesome man it was really really awesome is, is it weird to look back at what you were doing a year ago as opposed to this year how much everything has changed um well man it's a good I, I guess it hadn't like I guess the magnitude, like I guess you know, like camp size has changed. Um, you know, I think the doors that we're able to get into, recruiting wise, you know, has has changed. But I mean, I think as a staff and as a group, we're, we're kind of going about, you know, doing stuff to, you know, same old boring habits, and you know, just just working to try and get the the, the right guys and make the program, you know keep the program the way we want it to be and um yeah, learn from uh uh tommy lloyd at arizona he mm -hmm. said in his second year he wished he'd have fought a little harder for his culture you know just just like just just fought it like he thought like he let some things slip they were still good but there was there's just such a fine line between like winning and losing in those close games that you, he thought he he'd have fought a little bit harder, and so we we've tried to keep that at our forefront of our mind and not let, you know, any little thing slip. Does that put the players on notice that the coaches will attack them with water balloons at some point this summer? <laughs> Man, we got to come up with something a little different, uh, yeah. like this year. You know, it's because um, they'll they'll, you know. Um, They'll have somebody wise enough to expect it <laughs> at some point in time. So we we, we really got to catch them off guard this year. Um, so uh, I, I'm excited about trying to figure out how creative we can be in this. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's in charge of this Dowling? It sounds like a Dowling job. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know uh, what happens is we normally uh, somebody comes up with the idea. And then dream adds that spice to it. It takes it to a whole nother level that nobody else can could have gotten to. He, he's he's one of a kind. He's been yeah, yeah. That, that you put together the staff and man, it it just clicked. It worked. I, I imagine you kind of knew who you wanted, so you felt that way. But it still has to be a relief to see everything just fall in place and. You know the different personalities of your assistant coaches on down through the rest of your staff. It's it's amazing how cohesive everything was, at least to me as an outsider. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we've we've known each other for years and uh, been been fans of each other and and supported each other in in good times and bad times. We've been through some things together, and um, I don't think 
what 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 you know is really cool is that I I, I feel like uh, these guys probably were as excited for me getting this job and getting a head job um, as as anybody, and not because it meant that you know, it would allow them to get a, a job or a raise or whatever it is, but just for my success. Right. And so um, when you're around people that will celebrate your success more than you celebrate it, um, it, it, it's just a different energy and it's, you can't pull in the words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we saw that energy. It was just uh Amazing what took place in year one. Now you still have a couple scholarship opens openings for next year. Are you hoping to fill those or? We're gonna oh no, we're, we're gonna we're, yeah, we're gonna fill it. We're gonna fill it, and we're gonna fill it with two dudes that they're gonna be grown men, and um, we're just we're gonna be patient and make sure we get the right ones because we we have a team that could play in the NCAA tournament right now. Right. Um, but our margin for, for error is really, really small right now. And the, But our, our goal is to get to Phoenix, and so we, we have to get a couple more guys, dudes that can, um, you know, help us. And uh, we, we feel like we, we're, we're on the right track, and it's just a matter of being patient and allowing it to happen. It, watching the tournament unfold, I was struck that – um, having those experienced guards, like you, you said from the start, is so important. But also, when it comes to dudes, UConn had dudes on dudes. They had a lot of dudes. They had dudes coming off the bench. Uh, they were just, they seemed to be deeper than anyone else that I noticed in the tournament. Deeper and bigger. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, I mean, I, I thought Florida Atlantic was, was deep. Right? Uh, but uh, UConn's size was going to bother Florida Atlantic. I, I remember watching UConn early in the year and thinking, man, they're, they're the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they went through that lull, which was great for them because it meant that they didn't peak too soon. Um, and then the, the other team that I thought could win a national championship was the University of Houston. Right. And and they may have peaked too soon and then faced some injuries. you know. But I, I really thought Houston could, could win the national championship last year. Just those two teams from a distance watching it. And now, obviously, as the tournament was going along and we were winning, you know, this and that, um, you look back and say, hey, you know, we had a chance. I don't know what would have happened, but we had a chance. And so that's all we want to do is give ourselves a chance every year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because so much of the tournament is the draw and just things that you as a coach can't always control, but um, once in a while, your point guard throws in a falling down three pointer. Um, and once in a while it happens to you. So it's, uh, <laughs> we got to have the dudes to do it though. Uh, yeah. uh, take me back to the first moment you spoke with Gene Taylor. What were your impressions? Um, well, I walked in the room that they were all in and uh hotel room uh in the same hotel we were staying at, at at the time and i went upstairs and and there was this really nice spread of um uh muffins and different pastries and stuff and um you learn in this thing like i mean as good as that blueberry muffin looked and i really wanted one uh don't eat 
because you don't want to be talking to them, have food spilling out your mouth. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah, I, I really wanted one of those blueberry muffins, but I, I, I was looking forward to the conversation with that group of men uh, <laughs> a little bit more. So I, I avoided the blueberry muffins. <laughs> that, that sounds like a problem I would face. I'd be just eyeing that blueberry muffin like, yeah, I want the job, but that muffin. <laughs> Um, did you kind of know early on? I mean, naturally, you had you had more information on Kansas State than probably other jobs because you you've been to Manhattan, you've been to games. You mentioned that you um, you, you just had a film familiarity with the program and the fans that maybe outside the conference you wouldn't have. So, was there an added com- uh, comfort level there? Um, yeah, like the 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 makeup of the job was everything that I you you'd want, you know. Um a high major job in the best conference in America, you know, a budget to be able to, you know, attract the the assistants that you wanted to hire. And uh, I mean so all of that, you know, know the fan base and um man, just I would say I thought our fans like I, I really I thought I had a grasp of our fans. Right, like how energetic they were and how much they cared. I didn't have a clue. Our fans are so incredible. I mean, it, it is. It's their, their uh, attention to everything that's going on with the program. I mean, it's, it's, it's so impressive. And it's not just impressive to me, you know, as a coach, but to our recruits, more importantly, you know, and they, uh, they pay attention and, and that, that they help us and all the little things they do has made such a big difference for us. And so I, I, I'm just, I, I can't tell you, like I, like I said, I thought I knew, but I, but I really didn't. Yeah. I, I, you've mentioned this, but in the heat of a game, you're, you're naturally um, really focused on your team and what's going on on the court. But did you ever find yourself in a home game going, Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's a whole different thing right there. Thank you. Uh, man, every game when the starting lineup takes place yeah, and they, uh, you know, and the guys are going out to dap the referees up before they come back and give me a hug and the students throw the paper up yep. in the air. I just, it's like, I want to just sit there and I, I know there's something I need to be doing, but it's, like it, I, I, I always have to sit there just for a few seconds and look at it and just be amazed. You know, that, that is, yeah. <laughs> the, the students really, um, the history of Bramlage Coliseum is it wouldn't have been built without student fees. So they've got the best seats in the house and boy, they make the most of it, don't they? Oh man. Yeah. They, they, they make it such an incredible environment. Yep. Um, you're doing well. How are you doing? Um, yeah, they, our students, not just at the games, right? I mean, just all around campus and everything they do for this community, you know, it's just so impressive. And, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 it's like the best part of, of what I do is the opportunity to get to know the students and, um, you know, just build relationships and, and help them, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're, they're pursuing at the time. Yep. Uh, and I realized that the hang with Tang was probably a drag on your time. Um, but how valuable was that for getting to know those students? Uh, man, it was, 
it was incredible. And, and it wasn't, a dr- I mean, I wanted to do something with the student body and I wanted them to know that I cared about them. And I mean, I have two kids that are students here too. And I, I hope that in the field or the department that they're in and they're around that the professors would take the same type of uh, interest in, in my children um, too. So um, it's kind of selfishly, the prayer is God, you know, anything that I do to bless somebody else, don't let it come back to me, but let somebody bless my children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, um, I, I say all the time to our staff, one of my, our sayings around here is that we do for one, what we wish we could do for all. And so, uh, but Ari's and Cam's idea of the hang with Tang and, uh, the purple couch and just how they, they went about doing it was Man, that was, that was just spectacular, and so it was just, just, just a lot of fun. And I learned Kansas geography. Yeah. Right? Like I didn't really know Kansas geography, so I'd ask every kid where they were from, and they tell me. And uh, I remember the first person that said Abilene, and I was like, "Oh, Abilene, Texas," and oh, no, Abilene, <laughs> Kansas. And, and then a, a few uh, shows later, a young man said he was from Germany, and I said, "Man." there's a Germany, Kansas. And he said, no coach, I'm from Germany, Germany, you know? <laughs> well, I can't remember what town it was, but I've been in Kansas almost my whole life. And someone said a town, I'm like, I have no, I don't know where that is. That's a little tiny town. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Kansas is a, is an interesting place. There's a lot of nooks and crannies to it, like all states, but that was cool. I, I just absolutely love those. And uh, I know you probably want to stay in coaching a long time, but talk show host could be on your agenda for a next career. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that, but. Well, you know, I always say like, I, I, you know, I do a bunch of little odds and ends things when I'm on trips, just thinking for people. And when they tell me, oh, coach, you don't have to do that. I always say, man, I got to have another job in case this coaching thing doesn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it's working out. I, based on your first year, I think you're going to be okay. Uh, uh, When you inherited the roster and started putting it together, uh, that elite eight, I mean, we were talking, can they get to the tournament? And then, of course, everyone picked you last. That looked really good um, postseason. That was a really wise pick for everyone. But um, did you ever envision going to the brink of the Final Four in your first year as a head coach? It's just what happened last year is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I really hadn't had time to sit back and, like, think about it because, you know, I mean, the season ended and it was right into recruiting and where things are rolling. Um, But, you know, um, I I don't know. Was it the media? Were you part of the media that picked us to finish last? I haven't voted in those polls in a very long time because I feel – uh, unqualified as someone who covers one specific school, but now that I've seen how bad the polls are over the course of my career, uh, I, I feel like I could probably do a better job than the guys and gals who have been voting. Well, look, I didn't blame those folks because, uh, you know, I, I would have picked this last two if I was on the outside, you know, looking in. Um, I just, I don't, I mean, there was a lot of question marks, but as a staff, we felt really good about the guys that we brought in, who they were as people and, you know, what kind of talent they had. And then, you know, how we felt we could, they could fit together. Now they obviously fit together a lot quicker than we thought 
like you know we thought it would take a little a little longer to get them there and our goal was to have an NCA tournament team and then once you get to the tournament it's you know draw luck uh, a bunch of different things right and uh, they go into it and part of it is luck too though you know and um, you know so I, I wouldn't have told you at the beginning of the year Elite Eight but I wouldn't have ruled it out because of being in the tournament you know and then because we thought we had a tournament team and so and then when Marquise Noel and Keontae play like all Americans right you know that that really takes you a whole nother level and you got uh, Naquan, I thought he had an incredible tournament. Uh, was able to put back-to-back games of 30-plus minutes, stay out of foul trouble, and when he was on the floor for 30 minutes, we won. And uh, all except the last game. And uh, so it's, um, you know, so I, I, I can't tell you that we saw that going in, but I I will say that we, we felt we had an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. Um, I, I'm absolutely amazed at the Marquise I saw um, in his first year at K-State and what he became under your coaching staff's guidance. Um, Did you realize that when you first saw Marquise, you played against him, did you think there was that upside? What he did in the NCAA tournament, I don't think people are talking about it enough. It was historic. I mean, it wasn't just good. It was historically incredible what he did in the tournament. Um, Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you I, I saw, you know, 19 assists, one turnover, breaking the NCAA tournament record for assists. So, you know, you don't see all that. Then some of the spectacular shots that he hit. But I know when I watched him while I was at Baylor and we watched, you know, film, you know, I would tell our staff that he was a Baylor guard, right? Like yeah. he's a guy who could play for us at Baylor. And I thought pound for pound he was the toughest kid in the Big 12 just, just watching uh, games from a distance, so I knew he was a guy that I uh, I wanted to keep and hoped that I could convince to stay. And the great thing about him is that he had already determined he was going to stay, and he was going to turn this program around. And so his vision for our program was even greater than, than my vision. And that that kind of leadership and that kind of belief, man, it just it goes such a long way. And so. And very thankful to him and Ish for sticking around and not just sticking around, but, but like just sticking around, buying in great belief and just being incredible human beings and incredible players. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were incredible as a core and what they did to help you build the rosters is um, a lot of yeah. kids don't do that. They, you know, that they, they've got their yeah. scholarship. Okay, I want to play. I want to play, so I'm not going to help you get better players. You know, there's just a lot of that. Right. When, whenever someone hits the portal now, inevitably someone on Twitter will ask me, "Do you think they'll go after this kid?" And uh, my my general response is, "Well, I can look at the stats. I can look at the film. I can evaluate the player. But all that doesn't matter if the personality, the person." doesn't fit into the culture of Kansas State. You mentioned the culture. How big of a filter is that for you to look at a kid, converse with them, and decide this kid will help our culture or this kid's going to be a problem? I mean, that's got to be a breaking point for you, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely the, the number one criteria in uh, evaluating guys and who we're going to bring in and not um, – 
you know, we might miss on a good player and he beats us twice a year. But if we miss and take the wrong guy, he'll beat you every day. Yeah. And our goal is to avoid the guys who beat you every day and and avoid allowing guys in our program to become those kind of guys by, um, you know, being entitled or feeling entitled and, uh, you know, not being appreciative and thankful and uh, not being good citizens and not, you know, just being good teammates, you know, uh, just and being coachable. And, and it's a fight, right? Because when you have success, you know, there's uh, that, that complacency uh, sets in naturally and that entitlement sets in naturally. And it's, it's, it's unnatural to, 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 um, to want to be a servant leader or to, to, to want to go the extra mile or to, you know, it's because it's human nature is let it be about me. And so we not, it's not only the guys we're bringing in, but it's the guys who are here that we have to like constantly fight for what we, what we believe in and not, and not give an inch, right? Like if, if you give an inch, you, you, I mean, it, it, they run with it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I was that way. Um, I know. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. I mean, we it, it's a tendency of youth to to uh, lose your focus a little bit. But your dudes never lost their focus. Um, and you mentioned how well Naquan played, Naquan Tomlin, in the tournament. Uh, I'm not sure I've come across a K-State player that I can look at and say, yeah, he's good, but he, there's so much more there that we haven't seen. I feel like Naquan's upside is enormous. Yeah, um, and the uh, teams in the NBA think so too. Yeah, so, I bet. Uh, you know, you know, how you said like some you don't vote because you didn't think you were qualified, and uh, now you're finding out that you are. Well, yeah, we got we got pretty good eyes, Tim, me mm-hmm. and you, and because uh, the NBA is is uh, you know they're validating that. Not that we needed their validation, but yeah, he's got a lot of upside. Now, the the thing is for him is to. Um, you know, move from potential to production. Right. You know, and uh, and consistently. You know that that every day, you know what you're getting from him. And I mean, that's why I tell our guys. You know, you know, what coaches want they want consistency. They want to know they're going to get, you know, uh, twelve and five every night, or you know, fifteen and and seven every night. They don't want to get thirty one night and two the next. Mm-hmm. You know, and you want to know what you can get. And that's where he has to get to is that also a function of he hasn't played a lot of organized basketball he's still learning the kind of you know go about your business and 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 do things the right way every game or you know it's 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 different being in a structure and he spent a lot of his basketball career not in a structure yeah and the maturity too you know that it takes to to consistently give the same kind of effort regardless of how you feel or what's happening in your life at the time. And, um, you know, the great ones can block out everything, all the distractions, everything that's going on around them and focus on the matter at hand. And uh, that comes with maturity. And so we're hoping to help him get there. Is there someone on your roster besides Naquan that's returning that you think, okay, um, we're going to see something from this person that maybe – the fans didn't see, maybe they were red shirt or they just, you know, didn't unveil all of their gifts um, early in, in the first season. 
Yeah, yeah, there's a couple in, uh, you know, right off the bat is Cam Carter. Right. You know, Cam Carter is going to, he's, he's going to take a huge step. And um, sometimes you get better because you improve and sometimes you get better because people leave. And with Keontae and Marquise leaving and Desi leaving, you can see Cam realize that, hey, okay, it's my turn. And his approach to his work and his maturity on how he's handling things and addressing, it shows that he believes it's his turn. And uh, he's, yeah, he's going to have a really good year. And uh, and then, you you, you you know, the red shirts, they, they red shirted and they put in work for a reason. And the, the one, uh, Jarrell, uh, Jarrell Cobra should have a year where he can impact us winning. Um, how much of that... Uh, is going to be yet to be determined. I, I'm hoping that we don't have to put a whole lot of pressure on him to be that every night so that he can grow and mature uh, naturally in this thing because most of his life he's been asked to, you know, be 10 steps ahead of where he was ready to be at the time. And so we've tried to spend this past year just really building his confidence back in his body and his mindset so that he can have a consistent, productive year uh, knowing who he is and, and what's expected of him. Yeah, I, I saw a photo of him from a Topeka event. I'm like, hold on, that's the same kid? I mean, he he leaned out quite a bit. He looks really good. Yeah. Um, what types of pieces do you still want to add for next year? I know you you got to have those experienced guards. Um, you've got some great young players coming in, but again, uh, well, we look at Baylor. I mean, they they leaned on some young guards, and uh, you know it was a little bit of a roller coaster for them. Great players, obviously. Keontae George went to the NBA draft, but um, it you just got to have those guards. Those, those that experience is so important, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I, I, we started the the off season. Uh, you, I think you guys asked this question, and uh, I said I'm I want to bring in two guards that have played ninety plus games of college basketball that can dribble pass and shoot and we've got one in Tyler Perry and the goal is to sign one more so that along with Cam Carter we have three grown men in the backcourt who can then help the younger guys you know to come along and not have that pressure on their shoulders uh, every night and so um, that's still the plan and then so um, with these last two scholarships one's going to be a guard and then One's going to be the, you know, the next best fit for us, whether, you know, it's a, another wing, whether it's a forward, whether it's a, a center, they'll all, all depend on who we feel is the best fit. Well, to kind of pivot to a new topic here, uh, um, I was really saddened by the Bob Huggins situation. We may not want to get into it too much, but Huggs is a remarkable basketball coach. Um but again, it, it shows all of us need to be careful. I mean, we just—it's easy to slip up and, and lose track. Uh, but what were your thoughts on on the Huggins situation? Well, first of all, my my, my prayers right. go out to Coach Hug and his family. And uh, the Coach Huggins has always been very kind to me. And as an assistant, he was. You know, always took the time to talk and, you know, uh, very, very nice to me and didn't need to be. And then uh, this past year, he was also very kind and, you know, being willing to share advice if, if I needed it. And, you know, just supportive 
And so I, I'm hurt. The game of basketball's, you know, lost a great one. Um, but but I also pray that he gets the help that he needs right. so that uh, he can continue to live a live a great life because he got a lot of life left in him. And uh, so that my, my prayers go out to him there. And, um, and then, you know, I mean, there's this, uh, I say this all the time, but, you know, for every um, thousand men who can handle adversity, there's only one who can handle success. And uh, sometimes success causes us to uh, relax and become complacent. And um, you got to have people in your life that are willing to hold you accountable, you know, and confront you. And, um, you know, that's so I, I pray uh, and I, I challenge our guys on our staff to, you know, uh, be be truth tellers. Like, tell me, you know, if you if you feel I'm slipping or I'm, you know, feeling myself a little bit too much or moving in the wrong direction, I I, I give them permission to you know to check me because uh, because we need it. And uh, the older we get, I know we talk about young guys. You know, as young guys, you know, you have success and you become complacent. You know, it, it's crazy. It, it, in in the Bible, there was a, a there are a hundred people who uh you can read about that that get get a really good grasp of who they are as people their personalities and what they were about and of those hundred um only one third of them ended their life uh moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. two-thirds of them you know fell off went the wrong way um ran into trouble towards the end of their life and you get you get older and sometimes you think you're above above the law and I'm speaking for myself on this right. one and I, I need people around me who are going to hold me accountable because uh, it, it's hard man well uh, I mean that's that's brilliant leadership I mean to empower those subordinate to you to tell you tough things takes it's a compliment on yourself and it's, it's hard to do but my guys sure as heck know when I'm doing something wrong that they'll tell me um so it's it's good leadership it's it's the way it should be you're all on the same team someone's got to be in charge of the team but you're all working for the same goals so why not do things i remember you talking about i can't even remember what the topic was now coach winchester challenged you about tempo i think it was and you your instinct like mine is to kind of get defensive and then you went home and backed away from and you go, god dang he's right he's right exactly right and Mm -hmm. i've done that so many times in in you know my time as leading a, a group of people to uh, with my business. It's, it's tough. Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You, you just went home. I just saw your sister post something about you got to go home and, and, and preach. Um, uh-huh. Get up there. Uh, first of all, Jerome Tang, in that setting, I other than the added scope scripture, the added scripture to this, I imagine it's exactly like the Jerome Tang that 
held a press conference when he was hired at K-State. Am I wrong in thinking that um, when you were at that press conference, you were kind of testifying, you were sharing your goodness? Uh, and that's really what about preaching is, sharing goodness and joy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've been a, a minister. That's, that's my calling, you know, um, all my life. And it's just, you have different platforms that you deliver a message on. And, um, so yeah, just uh, tell a story, attach a verse to it. That's what I did this, (laughs) this, this, this past Father's Day. And it was, it was fun to be back in, uh, in Houston and see, you know, a bunch of old uh, friends and, and then see my sister and, and my, my, my in-laws. Is she as good a cook, a cook as she claims to be? No, she is. She made a lasagna. Oh, no. Right. And oh. and I had the, I got the leftover lasagna. And, uh, oh man, it was so good. And like she put zucchini in it and I don't even like zucchini in it. It was great. You know, I mean, so it was, no, it was, it was incredible. So she's not lying. She, no, she's not. She's she's big time. Like I mean, she can she can cook and she can bake. I mean, her 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 desserts are incredible. Can, can we so can we get her to move to Manhattan, Kansas? <laughs> uh, 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 her her when she came for Christmas, you know, we were it was a storm, right? So we all shut in, and uh, she makes the best biscuits. Wow, uh, they are incredible. Just. Oh, we, we, yeah, I, I gained so much weight during that time. So, well, um, and you remind, you remain incredibly tight with your own minister. I mean, you, you've brought his battle with cancer up, uh, in mm-hmm. the past. How's he doing? Oh, Pastor Kelly's doing well, man. He's doing better. He's been, every time we get a commitment or something happens, he's following the program very closely. And, uh, so yeah, pa- Pastor Kelly's do- doing wonderful. He's he's looking forward to. Um, they're going to come to the Bahamas with us, nice. uh, and for Thanksgiving for that tournament. And so I'm excited about him and uh, D being able to come and have a good time with us. Yeah, Twitter's a strange place, as you know, but his goodness comes through on Twitter. I mean, he's just a good person, <laughs> isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's just he's just a. Uh, very kind, caring man. Yep, I've interacted with him a few times, and he always says, "I'm I'm Coach Tang's minister." I'm like, "I know, Coach. I know, I know your coach's guy. I know." I know. Um, it's. Do you look now to season two and like, um, is there added pressure? Or are you just going to go about your business with this stuff? No, well, you know, I mean, we are all competitors, so we put a certain amount of pressure on ourselves right. as a staff. You know what we want. Uh, you know our our goal. We 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 ended the season, and uh, the the very first thing we said is we're going to Phoenix next year, and we're going to do what we got to do to get the right group of guys together. It gives it give us a chance to do that. And I mean that's that's the plan. That's the goal. Every workout, every lift, every film session. You know every recruiting meeting. You know everything we do is about uh, bringing the championship to to Manhattan, Kansas, and uh, you know and so. Um, you know, that's, I, I don't know for some people that's pressure for, you know, some people it's, you know, the expectation for some people it's motivation. And, and I think we see it as motivation. One of the things I appreciated about you when you were hired was 
you had a great sense of the history of Kansas State basketball. You didn't just look at it in the contemporary moment of where it was from Hugs to Martin to Weber. You had a sense of the success going back to some, you know, great coaches, Hartman and Winter and Gardner and, you know, it just you know, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Cotton Fitzsimmons, who, by the yes. way, uh, his house when he was here is across the street from where I live now. I used to, this used to be the good neighborhood. That's how much things have changed. This was where the coaches lived, and now it's just us regular folk here. But uh, it's incredible when you look through the history of the coaches that have coached at Kansas State. It, it literally means something more than a lot of places. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I always say the best predictor of future success is past success. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you've had you know Big Twelve coaches of the year you've had conference co- different conference coach year conference championships you know ncaa tournament appearances final fours i mean so it, it is in the dna of this program and our job is just to, to bring it out yeah and you're not backing down on your schedule i know you haven't announced your non-conference schedule for next season but it's interesting coach what what's gotten out um and you you seem determined to prepare this team for big 12 play in a way that honestly we haven't seen very often in at kansas state well i mean you know you're, you're either gonna find out early and be able to make adjustments or if you wait till the big 12 to find out what you're made of it might be too late Right. And uh, so I, I want to go play the best that's willing to play us. Uh, one of the things, though, is that I'd heard uh, that in the past we've played against some good teams on neutral sites, but we haven't gotten good teams to come to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I think our fans deserve to have good teams come into Manhattan and uh, play in a non-conference against us. And so we've, uh, you know, just told people, hey, we'll come play you on the road. We'll come play you at your place. And then you can return the game to us. And that's been our approach. And so uh, this coming year, you know, we're going to have Nebraska. That was already scheduled um, for, to, to take place. And uh, Villanova is part of the Big East schedule. But what it uh, what it means is that the following year, uh, we'll get LSU to come here. We'll have Cal coming in, you know. And so we're going to have over the next three or four years, we'll have some really good uh, high major teams that that have to return a game to Manhattan because we're willing to go play them at their place. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. It, it really is because you know whenever Kansas State got a good game, it seemed like they put it in Kansas City for obvious reasons. Uh, particularly, you know, so much of that non-conference happens with the students not on campus, um, which, as you know, was not a good thing. Um, but when I saw Villanova coming in, Coach, I I, I don't think they would have made that pairing. A year ago, um, you know, K-State, you guys went to Butler, which turned out to be a valuable lesson for the team. But you weren't going to get a Villanova to come into Manhattan. And, and now you are. And it's, that's really cool. I mean, Nova's a, Nova's a big boy. No, it is. It's just, uh, you know, you would I – mean, you could have a really good argument about them being a blue blood, right? And um, so, yeah, it's really cool to get them. To, to come in here. I think our fans are going to be excited. I know that um, our team is going to be excited, the opportunity to play him. And so, yeah, it is really cool. And then doing well, we're, we're looking forward to uh, – you did say this was just a regular yeah. conversation. Think, so. You are at home now, right? <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm actually in the barber's chair right now. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, my man, my man Mezzo has cut me up. And we got the other beauticians passing by. And 
you know, right across the street from the chef. So nice. Finding a barber is always I, look. That's that's key. Not for me anymore, but back in the day when I moved somewhere, <laughs> you, you, you had to find the right person. You, you just got to get it right. I gotta find a picture of you with uh, hair. Well, I'll send that to you. It was. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> it's almost troubling. It, it doesn't look right. So, did you have a fro? Was it? Did you do the wings like you know in the eighties where people wore the wings? Coach, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you uh, on on this podcast that I haven't said out loud very much in my life due to the shame. Uh, my senior year of high school, I had a perm. Oh, at a perm, uh, and my hair is so like thin, like not not disappear. Like my hair hairs of themselves are so you couldn't do anything with my hair. So it, it was kind of a curly, just blah. Uh-huh. Didn't work at all. So I, so you you had, you had like a Jerry curl, like a Michael Jackson. It wasn't Jerry that tight, uh, and it that certainly uh, didn't have the moisture of the typical Jerry curl. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was a one year experiment, and uh, I <laughs> I think eventually my hair left out of just shame. What it what happened to it? I think it just surrendered the fight and just laughed. But I do save a lot of money on haircuts. No, they get, they're getting expensive, and it, I just razor it now, so it's good. But um, so I take it you you and the family have adjusted well to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, yeah, uh, Seven you know, wasn't originally coming, was he? He was going to stay at Baylor, wasn't he? Yeah, Seven was. Well, Seven thought he was going to stay there. I always had a plan. Um, <laughs> And Island thought she was she was going to California, and uh, we had a lot of prayer warriors. Uh, trying to, you know, sending up prayers to heaven that she would uh, pick case eight. So I'm very thankful that they're both here. And we, we are just in uh, the people here in Manhattan. It's so wonderful, man. It's, and that's what it's about. It's not about buildings, uh, you know, even restaurants, although I like to eat. For me, I just got to know where the church is, where the movie theater is, <laughs> and you know, where my office is. And that's that's that that's usually my routes. I I still haven't been to the movie theater in Manhattan yet though. So um if we can if we can get a couple more dudes then then I'll be able to do that. Nice. Nice. Treat yourself. <laughs> the pandemic changed so much. I haven't been in a movie theater since the pandemic and I used to go all the time. Yeah. It's so strange these things that happen and sadly they happen to a lot of churches too. People get out of that habit. Um but yeah, I it just these weird things that when we changed our lifestyle for you know basically a year, we just never went back to some things. It's weird. I, I don't know. I don't understand what happened here. Yeah. Um, the movie theater was like my getaway, right? You know, because you can't, couldn't be on your phone. Otherwise they'd kick you out, which uh-huh. I almost, that almost happened to me a few times. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and like you just escape. Uh, so it's, it's a couple hours of escape and then back to, recruiting or whatever it is you're doing but uh but i haven't experienced that yet in manhattan i'm looking forward to it so well coach i'll let you go i appreciate it so much um get a good haircut we don't want you looking crappy (laughs) (laughs) well well, thank you it's it's hard though i'm losing it very much like you uh (laughs) Uh, some someday soon we're gonna have to put the razor to it. Oh, it, that'll be a spectacle. I'll be glad to do it for you. We can do a hang with tang as I shave your head. That's just that there got, we go. That got weird at the end. Wait, we give it our hang up. That got weird. All right.
right. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it very no much. No problem. You have a great one. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I appreciate the time from Coach Tang. I enjoyed talking to him. I really kind of wanted to get into some more off-the-court stuff, but I just didn't get there. And, you know, when a man's getting a haircut, he's got to focus on the haircut. But uh, he was great, and I appreciate his time so very much as we got to talk a little hoops and a little bit about life. There's a lot more there about life that can be discovered with a later podcast. And remember, as he mentioned, his friend, Pastor Kelly, is going through his own battle with cancer. And mine is with prostate cancer, so I remind you once again, men, if you're 45 or older, go get your PSA score. Don't let your doctor tell you you're too young to get a baseline score because you need that baseline score in case anything ever happens to you. And if you haven't had a PSA and you're in your 50s, go get it done. If you catch prostate cancer early, you're going to be okay. I appreciate everyone listening, and I'll talk to you real soon. I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!